All right. Welcome into the Lion's Den. That was smooth, Tom. Was it? That was, oh yeah, that sounded lovely. You like it? <laughs> I'm Tom Hackett, that's Spencer the Gov Warren, and we're here to talk RSL soccer. It's been a while, I feel I know, we like. took a week off, didn't we? Because, you know, international break and whatnot, why not? Labor Day and the team not be, not playing, you know, it all kind of goes into it. We yeah. just copied the RSL show and, and did what they did, I guess. Oh, I think they recorded, though. Oh, did they? Yeah, like the day after. Right. But we're not that consistent. They can't help themselves. No, they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're more committed than us, apparently. Yeah, to the game. Anyway, we hope you guys are uh, well and uh, have enjoyed a week or two to your families and enjoyed the last few weeks of summer. It feels like it's getting cold. I woke up this morning, well, we're recording this early, but uh, I woke up this morning frost on uh, my windshield. No. Yeah, well, maybe not frost, but certainly some, some some form of condensation has built up on that bad boy. I think it was your neighbour just, like, throwing stuff in your car. Just hosing like, my car down? Because you're probably, like, banging and going and fixing up your house. My neighbour actually ran into me not that long ago. Anyway. Um, Carry on. <clears throat> good thing my car's worth uh, $800 if I were to trade it in. Come <laughs> to the official blue book. Uh, the blue book can go, you know what, itself. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, uh, sorry about the ashes. Now, I have to say, congratulations to Australia. They're brilliant. They were. They were the best team. Yes. You know we got a Twitter note from some somebody about the cricket? Yeah, yeah, Trevor Horvath, Horvath I think. Um, yeah, he wants us to talk rugby. Um, it's almost uh, Rugby World Cup. The, the groups and the, the schedule's been released. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that. It's late, late September. So give us a couple of weeks and we'll... Uh, We'll throw out a bit of wisdom and the old rugger. By the way, sorry if uh, if your audio for a split second there went a bit funny. That was my fault, not not your fault. So oh, went- great. So we were talking about cricket and, and rugby, and it just like kind of blanked out, so nobody's bored well, I actually yet. stopped. I, I clicked stop recording for a split second. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to... St- because the, the opening song the opening song was still going, but there's two oh, really? mouses over here. Anyway, I clicked the wrong one, so I do apologise. That that was my fault and nobody else's. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, let's talk RSL. Let's talk, yeah, before we get more tweets thrown at us, shouting at us. Uh, RSL right now are getting ready to play two games in a matter of four days, something they've been doing for the better part of the entire season. Uh, it seems MLS scheduling, for whatever reason, you uh, you have a number of weeks throughout a season where you've got to play two games in a week. and. Wednesday night encounter at home against San Jose, and then uh, and then they go on the road to take on uh, Minnesota United, which will be Sunday. Um, that's a three thirty game in the afternoon on Sunday. Spenner, yeah. Uh, your, your first thoughts when when you look at the calendar and and you see these two, <clears throat> pardon me, powerhouse teams in the Western Conference mm-hmm. uh, getting ready to play RSL this week. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's exciting. And we can take a step back here. Major League Soccer needs to get their arse in gear. And and there's no reason why, on an international break, why Major League Soccer teams should be playing soccer. You look at Seattle against Colorado. Colorado winning 2-0, doing us a favor. Great find. Robin Frazier's off to a, a great start, the former RSL assistant coach. But at the same time... They had Seattle had so many players away on international duty. They had five players on the bench. That's all they could name. Four outfield players. That's all they had. Um, the team was completely changed. I mean, apart from a few players, obviously. 
we can have two games in a week earlier in the season, mid-season, late season. You don't have to be playing whilst international teams are away and your players are away. There's absolutely no need at this moment in time. Major League Soccer is that far advanced that they can figure the schedule out. Anyway, uh, sorry, off the soapbox. Well, but why do they do it? Why do they do it? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I haven't got an answer for you, and I've never looked at a reason why they do it. Um, so I could be speaking out of turn, but I'm just going to go full on opinion, sort it out, Don. Um, Mateus Almeida is suspended still. This is going to be the second of his three games that he's going to be away from the sideline after an altercation with a fan um, in the against the uh, LAFC when they lost 4-0. He kind of lost his rag a little bit. Anyway, so he's going to be away from the sideline. The team will be set up how they're set up. They've been fantastic all season long. Um, very interesting. It's a massive six-pointer um, on Wednesday night. Uh, 7.30 kickoff. Uh, get there early. And uh, make sure that San Jose know knows what it feels like to actually come to a full stadium, um, and then Minnesota. I mean, these these are massive games. The the, the Western Conference is so tight now, so tight uh, when it comes to playoff places. And, and I'm looking more at the home field advantage when you get into the playoffs. You know, the top four, LAFC are out there on their own. I mean, it's that's. I think I think we've all resigned to that. They're going to win the supporter shield, blah blah blah. Um, that they, they are phenomenal, but it's the next three slots that uh, that you're looking at, uh, trying to get that home field advantage when it comes to the playoffs, the home and away. So, fingers crossed. Um, RSL uh, will still be there or thereabouts. Um, but as I said, it's super tight. This one though, these two games are massive, massive. It could really seal where you're going to be in the in the uh, top four or not. Uh, one at home and one away. RSL, as we know, haven't been fantastic. Fantastic on the road, um, but uh, again, they've got an opportunity to, to put some distance between themselves. It's in their own hands. We're not looking for favours, which is the best uh, scenario possible. And as you look at the standings, just to give uh, some of you guys um, an idea of, of just how tight the Western Conference table is, uh, LAFC lead uh, with 63 points rather comfortably. This is kind of where it gets quite... Interesting. Seattle are in second with 46. Minnesota, who RSL play on Sunday, are in at 45. San Jose, who RSL play Wednesday, 44. RSL comes in at number five with 43. That's tied with Portland and Dallas to round out the playoff spot. And then the Galaxy, of all people, are now out of the playoff bubble with 42 points. And then there's a a decent gap, five-point margin between LA Galaxy and Sporting KC. Now, of course, mathematically speaking, Sporting KC can make a climb if they uh, if they string some games together. But from eight through to two, there's four points. Yeah, it's it's absolutely mental. It really is. I mean, it, I mean, it's fun. I love the fact. Kind that of. I mean, I love that the fact that that every everything that you're doing right now, you're fighting for every point possible. And if you drop, if you tie, it almost feels like a loss right now because it's that tight. You need to win games. You have to get maximum points. Um, RSL have have you know some big games on the road. They have to go and play on that plastic pitch next, not next this Saturday, this Saturday after over in New England against a rejuvenated New England Revolution. I mean, the games are massive. And then you've got LA Galaxy coming in. You could effectively end LA Galaxy's playoff push. Um, with a win there as well. It, it's that tight, and it, it, 
again, it's that massive. It's going to be oh, man. I'm 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 looking forward to uh, September and the one game in in October before we get into the playoffs. The good news regarding RSL's first opponent on Wednesday is even if it does go pear shaped for RSL, it's not it's not all over. Let's just assume for whatever reason RSL. Craps the bed, they end up losing the game to San Jose. Because San Jose's a good team. Oh, they're very good. San Jose's schedule is very difficult moving forward, too. So they go on the road after they come here to to, uh, to Rio Tinto Stadium. They go on the road to Yankee Stadium where they'll play NYCFC. They then go to Atlanta United, who, by the way, have climbed the Eastern Conference. They then host the Philadelphia Union, who lead the Eastern Conference, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, second. Okay, now they're in second, so I apologize, but they're up there. Uh, they host the Seattle Sounders, who are, who are very good in the West, and they close mm-hmm. out with uh, an away game at Portland, who are in a playoff bubble. Yeah. After, so, I mean, like, every single game for the Earthquakes is do oh, or die. Massive, mass, massive, massive, massive. I mean, it, it, it's, it's awesome. I mean, and, and then you look at RSLs, you know, you're coming up against San Jose, then you're going against Minnesota, who are third and, and two points ahead of you. You can chase them down. That's on like a three three day break because you've right. got to travel. Yeah, exactly. It's it's ah, it's insane, but it's exciting as well. And, and as I said, you know, you've still got LA Galaxy to come into town. Um, you've got to go to New England. New England is a, is the, probably the biggest test for us because they are in. They're in the last spot in the East on 39 points. Um, they've got Montreal Impact that are on 37 points. So they've got pl- teams that are breathing right down their neck. So the pressure is still on. They'll be looking for three points. RSL have got it all to do. But, you know, what a position to be in. We we talked about this, Tom, um, in seasons previous, you know, looking for favours in 2017 we don't get it we we don't make the the playoffs in 2018 we're still looking for favours we get one this time and we're able to to uh, slip in past uh, LA Galaxy um this this season is is so much more exciting because we're in a much better position not only soccer wise and let's talk about the last game. The last game was very, very disappointing, perform- disappointing performance-wise, as in we didn't get going until the second half. And you give Portland Timbers, who are fighting for their playoff lives, a, a one-goal lead um, and chasing. And, and defensively, um, even though they've, they've got some injuries there, they're still very well uh, drilled. Uh, and, and they saw that game out. They managed to see uh, RSL out. But there was a kind of a reaction from Real Salt Lake, but it's also a concern that RSL uh, was starting slowly, and they have started slowly in the last couple of games as well. Portland, by the way, no no uh, easy place to play. It's worth noting. Providence Park up mm-hmm. there is packed 10 times out of 10, and uh, they, they make some noise. Portland, by the way, swept RSL this season. They, yes. they won uh, at Rio Tinto Stadium to the tune of 2-1, I believe, earlier in the year, and, uh, and they beat them on the road 1-0. Just uh, just a week or two ago, um, so that's disappointing. I will say when we're looking at RSL schedule, the final two games, nice. Houston aren't mm-hmm. a good soccer club anymore. They've they've just plummeted to the depths of uh, the bottom of the Western Conference. They are now in eleventh spot. Mm-hmm. They've been so bad that the Colorado Rapids are now above them. Yeah, um, which says something because the Colorado Rapids were. Got off to the worst uh, MLS start in mm-hmm. season history. That no team has ever lost or gotten off to a worse start throughout. I think it was thirteen games in the end. They they lost nine of them, drew two, and didn't win one. Or anyway, something like that. Um, that math didn't add up. But Vancouver <laughs> on the bottom, Houston just above them, and then Colorado, 
Is that funny? Well, it's like University of Utah education right there, buddy. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, congratulations to uh, to the Utes. Yes, uh, two and zero start there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, big win for the Cougs. Though. Uh, it was uh, a miracle. The miracle of, uh, mm. of Tennessee because uh, they shouldn't have won that. They were terrible for fifty nine minutes. I think. <laughs> you saw uh, QB one Zach Wilson's mum praying on the sidelines. So that game to me is always going to be referred to as Lisa's prayer. Yeah, I, just, I can't stand her, so, you know, she's muted. She's all over my timeline. I don't follow the woman. Oh, she, you've muted her on Twitter. Oh, I just can't stand her. Rare, fair. Yeah, anyway, carry on. She talks a lot. Apparently. Um, um, I don't know the woman. I'm sure she's lovely, and she's a wonderful mother because she's uh, raised uh, QB1 uh, down in uh, down in Provo. So, uh, I, and I'll, I might even bump into her the next couple of games. I, I'm able to go and watch uh, a couple of Cougs games, so I'm kind of excited about that. Back to Houston. Terrible yes. team. Um, got rid of uh, Wilma Cabrera. Um I mean, they're on the outside looking in. I think they knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs just the way uh, things were going. Um, Vancouver Whitecaps are still a mess, even though I like uh, Santos de Santos down there, the coach who was the assistant coach to Bob Bradley at LAFC last season. Um, there's still things off the field that uh, that need to be uh, taken care of. So RSL coming up against those two teams. Houston at home, you expect three points, right? It's home. It's fortress. Rio Tinto Stadium, you expect three points. You expect um, three points on the road against Vancouver. You expect as well. the only issue is is that they've been plastic pitch. <laughs> plastic pitch and RSL's never done much up in Vancouver. Which doesn't make any sense because it's not far away. Like I've you know, as an as an illegal alien in this country, I've been to Vancouver and back to work out some visa things. It's like wow. in, not really. It, well, I have been to Vancouver before, but I am a I am a legal alien here. Um, it's like it's only like an hour twenty minutes flight flight. Like it's quick, maybe an hour and a half, uh, but it's not as far as you think. Okay, it's just above Seattle. So it's not. Look, my point is, it's not that far of a road trip to go on. No, no, no I just don't think it's it's about the travel. I mean. <sighs> Depends. I never know which ones are the chartered flights because you can't have chartered flights. For, which is so stupid. It's so dumb. So when I know that when you talk about traveling, it was always it's always chartered flights for the for Utah football, correct? Right. You're on plane and you just turn up, boom, off you go. These guys are hanging out at airports. That is so it's dumb. It's just crap. Right? Amateur hour. It really is. Well, and, you wonder why and, Wayne and Rooney's going back. And Deloitte Hansen proposed a solution to 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 Major League Soccer. He proposed. I'll buy the Jets, and I'll just rent them out so a whole of Major League Soccer can fly charter, and they haven't they haven't responded. He'd certainly be making a bit more money. Oh, absolutely. It's a money-making thing, absolutely. But wouldn't it just make so much more sense for everybody in Major League Soccer, like in every professional sport, and even college sports? Well, do you think that MLS can't afford it? Is that what you say? Is that what the problem is? I mean, I, I haven't looked into it, I will admit. I mean, I don't know enough about it. But, I mean, you've got our own here that's made a solution for everybody. And it's been turned down. So, I mean, teams can afford it. Surely they, teams can afford they, it. They would absolutely snap your hand off for a chartered flight for every away game. It just makes sense, especially considering how many games there are within the MLS season and how many yeah. times they play on the road. They travel the country. Exactly. Anyway. Um, all right, we'll take our one and only time out. But uh, coming back on the other side, we'll talk about Freddy Juarez and uh, how he's been... How he's been going as uh, the man in charge at Real Salt Lake. We'll also look ahead to uh, games 
ahead, and and we should recap Portland and what went wrong in that first half. How we uh, how we don't want to see the future go for RSL. Be back in thirty seconds. Righto, welcome back in to the Lions Den. Hope you enjoyed the first 15 minutes. We'll have another 15 for you coming up now. It'll be a shorter episode, but uh, that's all right. There's only so much to talk about, I think. There's... Well, somebody has to get to the immigration office. And it's not me. It's not me. Now there's two aliens in this room. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just demoralizing. Who <laughs> <laughs> came up with the word alien for foreigners? Right. Just call us a foreigner. We're foreign. I'm English. You're Australian. Yeah. I'm just, no, I'm no alien. I just, I mean, I'm happy to be living here. I mean, I'm grateful to be here. Don't call me an alien. Unbelievable. I mean, I don't sing your national anthem or anything. I'm, I'm, I don't even sing my own national anthem, to be honest with you. But you know, I love America. Yeah, I'm all about America. I, I do think they sing their national anthem a bit too often for my liking. But amen. But uh, I'm not here to tell anybody they should stop singing it. It's just an opinion. And uh, isn't there something in the amendment about freedom of speech? Um, yeah, I mean, you're not allowed to, though. Oh, because I'm an alien? Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, right. We, we don't have any rights. So I, sh- I probably <laughs> shouldn't have said that. I have no idea. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, Freddy Juarez. Gov. He's a good fella. Good coach. Well, what do you make of it in all seriousness? Because he got off to a red-hot start mm-hmm. taking over from the fired Mike Pecky. By the way, you think Pecky still lives in Utah? Uh, I looked on his Twitter um, account, thingamajiggy, and it says that he's in New Jersey now. He's just packed his bags up and he's gone. And that makes sense. I mean, he's a Jersey boy. He's probably got a house out there still. Does he get another gig? We haven't talked about it. I Um, hope so. I'm not sure at Major League Soccer, maybe USL, maybe in youth soccer, because that was kind of where he was going. Um, youth soccer. It was in youth soccer locally uh, before uh, he got the call from the Monarchs. Um, so, you know, I, I hope he finds work. I hope he finds, you know, I hope he's happy, gets over it quickly. Um, you know, it's it's obviously, you know, dent to his pride, his ego, um, tough on the family. So, you know, I just hope he uh, I don't, finds his feet. I don't think he gets a gig uh, in Major League Soccer. I'd be surprised. Just Major League Soccer, Don Garber, they all hate him. It's no... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not breaking any news by saying that. He was he was fined and suspended a number of times for his actions. But but I do think, and the beauty of the game of, of soccer is that it's world, played world worldwide, and uh, he could certainly go to Asia or parts of Europe, maybe, you know, smaller parts of Europe at that, but maybe South America. I don't know. I just think, I think maybe eventually he will, but... Uh, he didn't. He hasn't really done anything, has he, throughout his coaching career to really signify that he's the man for the job? He got a supporter shield um, at, um, Red at, Bulls. New, at Red Bulls. Um, you know, I, I think there's more. There was more to come from him, and he really didn't build on it. I think he had a good, good uh, coaching team around him. Um, the same, same at Real Salt Lake. You know, some good coaches: Tyrone Marshall, uh, Freddie Juarez. You know, I think there's, they're, they're really good uh, hands-on coaches. Um, you know, again. Either way, I you know, I don't think um, he gets a top job. Maybe becomes an assistant coach, but again, I think he might move into more towards that that youth soccer 
which would uh, which would make sense. I think he's uh, captivating enough. If, you, if you've spoken to Mike and he's not got his coaching, I'm speaking to the media head on, as in there's no microphones in his face. He's a lot more engaging. You saw that on the the coaches show with Brian, with Brian Dunseth. A lot more engaging uh, when he's when he's a little bit more relaxed. And I think he's um, you know he, he interacts with with kids very well. So fingers crossed. You know, again, mistakes are made. Move on, and uh, hopefully he can. Uh, you know, find a gig where uh, he can put back into to the soccer community, whether that's in Salt Lake or, or New Jersey. I think it's uh, more, more likely the latter that we uh, that we see him and and develop. Uh, you know, the next generation. So, uh, I'll need your help here, Spenno. It was oh, the geez. the Tigres UANL game in which Pecky obviously found uh, hot water, and then was he suspended? As soon as, because they went on the road to play FC Dallas, well, he wasn't coaching for FC Dallas. It was like an hour before that game that they announced suspension for Mike Pecky, right? Is that correct? Yes, kind of, yeah. I think that was right. Anyway, let's just assume that is. Then, Freddy Juarez, since taking over the reign, whether it be uh, interim during Mike Pecky's suspension or interim after the after the firing, he he went nil nil draw in Dallas. 3-1 win, so there's one, two, three, four. So he's got four wins with two losses and a draw, mm-hmm. if if I think my math is correct. But, I mean, that's pretty tidy. And a number yeah. of those wins and draws coming on the road when nobody really expected RSL to have any business in the game. So do you think, Freddie, and I know he's coming off a disappointing 1-0 win, against uh, Portland away from home, but but are you still as impressed with how he's been able to handle things as you were maybe after mm-hmm. the, uh, the the win on the road against Sporting Kansas City? Sure, sure. I mean, I, I, you know, the team is set up. Um, you know, there's there's not been too many uh, tweaks here or there, uh, to be honest with you. I feel, I feel like we've, and I haven't looked at the numbers, but I feel like that we've played the ball on the deck on the on the on the pitch a little bit more than what we did under Mike. I think that might be something that uh, that uh, Freddie has tried to to implement a little bit a little switch there um percentage wise. Um I don't know um if he is the man to lead us um moving forward but he has an opportunity here. Um it's it's not obviously number one priority is making the playoffs. How he works in the playoffs is is another um you know, discussion entirely. So I'm kind of excited to see what he does. For me, it's for it's his to lose. But at the same time, as we've seen with Real Salt Lake, particularly over the last couple of seasons, been very meticulous in in getting the right people who they think are the right people. You look at the academy. It took them months to get the new academy director after Martin Vasquez moved to uh, the Monarchs. Hamas Alave is still the interim head coach down at the Monarchs. It's t- they're giving him an opportunity, but they're also doing their due diligence around the world for um, a, a Monarchs head coach. Um, three coaches were just announced um, for the academy uh, just this last week. That's also taken months um, to get the right people that they want to develop these young players. So I think this, the same thing is going to happen with Real Salt Lake. They're doing their searches right now. Elliot Four will be on planes left, right, and center. No doubt in my mind. Um, they've got this off-season to, to look at it. I'd prefer a head coach to be announced ASAP so he has an opportunity to move, family move. 
maybe learn the language. Mateus Almeida was was announced, I believe, right in early November for San Jose. Um, and look at what the, the job that he's done. He was completely settled and completely Im- immersed into the community by the time the first game came around. He had, didn't make that many changes to the squad either. You imagine a couple of transfer windows under the, the Argentinian's belt um, and, and getting more players that he wants in. I mean, I think San Jose goes from strength to strength to strength. I think the same can be said for Freddy Juarez. If he is the man to lead us forward, he will need to put, implement what he wants from his team uh, and get some more players in that he wants or any other coach, head coach that comes in uh, to Real Salt Lake is that they, they'll need a little bit of time. We're built differently. We're not an Atlanta. We're not a new NYCFC. We're not an LAFC or LA Galaxy. Completely different business models. Um, we're looking more towards the um, the academy to, to be promoted, the young players coming through. We've got so many young players um, that are getting valuable minutes. Now they're becoming a mainstay. You've got Corey Baird. You've got Justin Glad, uh, Bofo Salcedo, Brooks Lennon to an extent, um, even David Ochoa, the young goalkeeper that's away on in, under 20 international duty right now. Um, these are players that, that are getting valuable minutes that if they were anywhere else or any other league, They'd be in and out of the side. I know a couple of those players are already, but I mean, Justin Glad, you look at his record when he plays for Real Salt Lake and when we don't have him in the side, it's night and day. I mean, he is absolutely the number one centre-back for Real Salt Lake right now. I think Neda Onawuha and Marcelo Silva are fantastic centre-backs, and Justin Glad is definitely benefiting in playing alongside and training alongside those two, but he is absolutely the number one centre-back. I'd agree with you, Spedo. Um, so that there's a couple of individuals out there that, and this will be the last topic of conversation before we get to our game keys and predictions, but uh, there there are a few individuals out there that, that haven't had their name mentioned when it comes into um, who may coach RSL next season. Like, why isn't anybody talking about Nick Romando? Um does he want to coach? I, I don't know if he wants to coach. Um, has he done his coaches, coaching badges? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's that's him. Um, I see. I don't think it's him. I think he wants act once he's once he's retired, hung up the boots. He's he's going to leave the game and kind of he'll I'm sure watch it, hang around whenever they play at home every now and again. But he doesn't seem like one to jump in a coaching, which is maybe why he hasn't been talked about. But what about uh, Carl Beckerman? He hasn't announced his retirement, but you know what's coming. At some point, here's hoping this year, if I'm being perfectly frank. Because mm-hmm. I think his time, if he plays next year, Spenno, uh, I think he's doing himself a disservice, personally. I also think he's doing the club a disservice. He, there, there is no question in my mind that his time at RSL, um, his, his, his better days are certainly behind him. Certainly behind him, but they're coming to an end. Yeah, they are. Again, what what does Kyle want to do? Um, I mean, he sees um, Utah and Salt Lake City as his home. His wife's from Salt Lake, kids born here. I don't think there's he'd be moving anywhere else. Um, Nick, Nick Romando, uh, I know family, and uh, I think there's you know the, the very strong ties to the LA area. I wouldn't be surprised if he moves. Um, does he become a really good goalkeeping coach? I mean, he's he's twenty year career. He's been one of the the standout goalkeepers throughout his entire MLS career in this league. He's changed things 
um, of how goalkeepers are perceived because he's what five nine, five ten. Yep. So he's very much di- much a different mold. Uh, playing out from the back, very good with his feet. If he could coach, um, I'd be all over him being uh, RSL's goalkeeper coach. Uh, and that's no slight on Todd Hoffert, absolutely not. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But I think there is a role for him because he thinks differently than, than a traditional goalkeeper. He does the traditional things right. He has always done that. But there's a little bit more to him. Remember, he was a, a, a midfielder uh, playing soccer. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a number 10 uh, and fell into goalkeeping and, and just became really, really good at it. So, I mean, there's, there's a different mindset. And I think he could become a, a fantastic coach. As for Kyle... I mean, he's got so many opportunities. Again, a solid, really massive, massively solid career. 20 years, again, uh, been there forever, seen it all. His experiences, um, you know, I thought, you know, if there's an opportunity for for him to pass that down to to the academy, uh, both of them really, to to, to cut their teeth or, or with Monarchs, I would hold on to those guys 100%. 100% just because of their experience what they mean to the community and what they can offer um, have they done their coaching badges I don't know do they want to go into coaching I don't know but they've seen it all they know it all they right. know how to deal with agents they know how to deal with GMs could they be a GM Chris Winger has gone into the world the realm of being a, a uh, an agent and I think he's doing very very well do they want to go down that route? It's it's very interesting, and, and I guess we need to ask those questions. What what's next for for, for Kyle and, and, and Nick? Um, and maybe we'll uh, we'll get around to asking them one day. They're just two they're just two individuals that have uh, done so much for the club, for the community, for the sport. That uh, for their name not to be mentioned when it comes to vacant uh, or open coaching positions, I just think rather strange. Um, right there, you go. Just on cue like that. By the way, Spino, I like the uh, shave the old beard. Yeah, yeah, I went short, yeah. <clears throat> Mrs. is done with it. She can't stand it. Well, she told you, if you're getting any, you're shaving it. Yeah, she's like, it smells like wet dog in the morning. So, Disgusting. Uh, oh, I dribble all night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you and me when it comes to predictions. Uh, you want to go first? Are we go- should we do both games? Both games. Both games. So we'll go uh, San Jose at home mm-hmm. and then Minnesota on the road. I will go with a 3-1 victory at home against San Jose. All three points at Rio Tinto Stadium. Okay. Um, I think it helps a little bit with Mateus Almeida being away from the bench. So is he, is he allowed to be in the stands? I believe he's allowed to be in the stands. Hmm, that's a shame. Um, so there will be communication, but uh, maybe there won't be communication. Maybe he won't be allowed to, to have uh, any communication with his bench. But um, yeah, anyway, he's not allowed on the sidelines. Um, road. 2-2. Two, 2-2 two. Two, two draw. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'll go with 2-0 uh, at home. think Nick Romano keeps a clean sheet um, against San Jose. And then I'm, I'm going to go with 1-0 on the road, Real Salt Lake. Because I'm asking. I understand. I am asking a lot. Wow. I just... He, he, like, I, li- I like RSL, and there is a part of me, even though I, even though I cover them, as a media member, like you know, I kind of fanboy a little bit every now and again because I don't we all? Yeah, right. Because I just I want them to do well. It makes my life easier when they do well from a media standpoint. And so you know, the fan for the fan of me says uh, they're going to win. But at the same time, I mean, I'm telling folks now that they're going to pick up six points in four days. It's rather unlikely, but it's optimistic, and I'm in my optimistic mood this 
Monday morning. Spenno, hey, it's good to see you again. And you, mate. Best of luck uh, getting your green card all sorted, you, you, you big fat alien. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, you bold alien. I don't know, you're shaving your head again. I know. You've gone shorter. Yeah, the lid's just losing all its locks. Let's <laughs> start calling you Nathan Lyon, if anybody needs to look up who Nathan oh, Lyon is. I'll, I'll take Nathan Lyon. I don't the... trust his run-up, man. Talking he, about. Looks, he looks a bit weird when he he kind of like starts to jog and then stops and like, then jogs again. Outside oh, of Shane Warne, he's the next best Shane-o. spin bowler. Bowling Warne. Bowling Shane. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, really apologize. All right, we love you and we hope to talk about RSL. And uh, they're six point tall Fingers next crossed. week. Uh, we're going to do podcasts on Monday, by the way, from now on. We're not trying to compete with the RSL show. Spenno's just whining and dining, folks. And Monday seems to be the best time. <laughs> so, uh, Mondays it is. We'll have this one up soon, and uh, it'll be about a week until we speak to you next. So long and goodbye.